Your business is on the runway, ready for takeoff, yet your team is not even making contact. You're exhausted, and the business needs to make more money to stay successful. What do you do next? Welcome to Ask the Coach with professional business coach Oliver Baisner. If you're ready to soar to new heights with your business and be the pilot of your own successful destiny, stay tuned. We're ready to roll. Now, here's your host, Oliver Baisner. Good morning, everyone. If you're in business, if you own a business, if you work in a business, today's topic is going to be really important to you. We're going to talk about lead generation and not just any kind of lead generation. I've worked with businesses, executives, sales teams in over four dozen industries now. And I can tell you that we're going to talk about the six easiest way to generate leads for your business. And so whether you've got a large sales team or you're working on yourself, this is going to be very valuable. You're going to learn a lot today. Now, are the strategies new? Absolutely not. But I will help you tweak those strategies. I'll show you how you can work, get the strategies to work together and have everything move forward. Now, why is lead generation even important to you? Well, as I've always said, this is one of my favorite topics because if you don't generate ongoing new business, your business is going to die. That's the lifeblood. You have to have new business that's being generated because eventually clients move on, switch suppliers, or they're done working with you. And so you've constantly got to have a way to fill the funnel with new lead generation techniques. Now, the consequences, if you don't want to listen to the show today, are obvious. You might miss out on some great strategies. I really believe that if you're listening to the show uh, and you, you you listen in on the next hour, that you will have improvement in your sales and revenues in your business. I just know these strategies work. They're not fluff. They're the strategies that I use in my own business and that I've used with my clients for years. Now, here's the thing. Many business owners go, well, you know what? I don't need to listen to this show because I've got lead generation figured out. Until something happens. You see, we had a a global recession that happened several years ago, as all of you remember. And I was working with businesses who thought they had it all figured out, who said, you know, business is flowing. Things are going well. I'm not going to have a problem. I've got more clients calling me than I can deal with. In fact, some of them were saying I wasn't even picking up the phone anymore because I couldn't deal with any more clients or potential clients. And then the recession hit. And all of a sudden, they realized that they had been making money because of the economy, not because of anything that they were doing well. Nothing wrong with that. You know, take advantage of those opportunities. But at the same time, you want to have strategies in place so that you've got some lead gen happening and the strategies are already working for when you need them. And so not to have a recession happen, all of a sudden, now you're scrambling to try and figure out how to keep the business afloat and uh, keep the money rolling in. Now, we're going to talk about six ways. And they're going to be six strategies that I believe are the strongest, most powerful strategies. And I'm going to show you what steps to take, how to do it, uh, exactly all the things you need to know. And at the end of the show, um, I've even got a bonus for everybody uh, that they can download off, uh, off my website. So here's number one, circles of influence. And some of you are going, okay, I already know this one. Well, you do, but do you really know how to make it effective and how to make it work? So here's how circles of influence work. Imagine a picture of a bullseye or a dartboard. You need to be in the center of that dartboard. So you are the center red dot on that dartboard or on that bullseye target. And then the next circle outside of you are your friends, your families. It could be some current clients. And so that's the people that know, like, and trust you. So that you've already got some kind of a relationship established with them. And then the 
next circle outside of that, so let's call it the third circle because you're the first circle, friends and family and, and current clients are second circle. Third circle are the strangers, the people you don't know, people that you'd like to get connected to but you haven't met yet. You may, maybe even don't even know who you want to meet yet. And so that's how you're going to use this strategy. You're going to use the people in the second circle to connect to the people in the third circle, which are the folks that you have not met yet, but maybe that they have a relationship with. And here's a, a common myth. People believe that their friends and family, so that second circle, will automatically refer to them. Absolutely not true. I can tell you that I've worked with many, many uh, business owners in different industries, and, and I'll give you an example. Realtors are a great example. I've worked with a number of them, and they always assume that, you know, well, my family knows I'm a real estate agent. Of course, they're going to refer to me. And what they find is that's not always the case. Sometimes they will, but other times they all of a sudden use a different real estate agent, and they're very frustrated. And they go, well, like, why would they not use me? They know I've been in real estate all these years. And it's because a couple of different reasons. First of all, you're not talking about it enough. So they just don't think of you. You're not top of mind when they're looking for a real estate agent. So somebody shows up at their door or, or a coworker says, you got to use my real estate agent. You know, she or he are fantastic. Then um, they don't think of you. And the other thing is, you know, aside from not thinking of you, often they don't work with you because they think you're already doing well. And so they hear you, you know, saying you're doing a deal here and you're so busy and you're working evenings and, and things are going on. And so they go, well, you know, that friend and family members just thinking you're too busy. And so they're not referring to you. They're not even referring themselves to you. You're not getting their business. So it is a complete myth that friends and family will automatically refer to you. So you need to also have this strategy in place that we're talking about. So to keep reminding them that you're constantly looking for new business as well. And so the first thing you want to do is you want to do some research beforehand. You want to find out who are they connected to before you actually start your strategy. You know, so you can go to places like LinkedIn, see who they're connected to on LinkedIn. You can see who they're interacting with on Facebook. Maybe there's somebody there you want to meet. And also, where do they work? What company are they working for? And is that an opportunity uh, for you to get an introduction to somebody senior in that company or if, if you're going after the, the marketing department, depending on what your product or service is, um, so you can get an introduction because they already work at the company. So do your research. Find out who you're going to ask for them to introduce you to before you sit down with them. So that takes us to the next part of the, the strategy, which is now you go and you buy them coffee or go for lunch. Now, I always suggest, especially if you're a new business owner, you know, do the coffees. They're way less expensive than going for, you know, five lunches and five breakfasts in a week. Uh, but whatever works for you. So you want to sit down. You want to ask them for help. They already know, like, and trust you. And so you're just going to say, you know, Susie, I'd just like to have uh, an opportunity to sit down with you and, and have coffee. And maybe we could talk about each other's businesses. And I have a couple questions for you as well. And, of course, they're going to say yes. They already know you. And so you're going to sit down. And you've done your research. So you know that Susie is connected to a large corporation maybe that you want an introduction to or she knows maybe she's connected to somebody senior in that company and you saw it on LinkedIn. And so from there, you sit down and you just have a conversation. Catch up first, see how she's doing and of course, you know, see how, how everybody, you know, if it's a family member, how the kid's doing and all of those things. But at some point, here's the magic words you want to use. Susie, I could use your help or I need your help with something. Asking for help is just an easy way for people to be open to possibly giving you some assistance. You know, it, it's we're wired to help. 
as humans, we really do want to help each other out. And most people, if they know you and they like you, they're going to want to have that ability uh, to help you out if they can. Now, Susie's connected to at least one company, maybe several different people that you want to meet. And you're just going to say, Susie, I, I noticed you're connected to a couple of people that I've been trying to get an introduction to. And I'm wondering if you can help me figure out how we can, how I can get an introduction to them. Now, maybe Susie doesn't know them that well. So maybe the two of you are going to have to come up with a strategy. Or maybe Susie knows them really well. Maybe their kids are on a soccer team together, uh, football team, whatever that is. And so you're going to ask Susie for that help. And then, of course, Susie's going to want to help you. Now, in the past, what I used to you know, say to my clients is I'd say, so ask, her, ask Susie to do an email introduction. You know, I find that that can be a slower process because, of course, Susie's going to agree. And then what happens? Life gets in the way. And so Susie's not going to want to, not, not that she doesn't want to, but she's not going to have the time. She's not, you're not going to be top of mind when she gets back to work or the office or home or whatever she's doing. And so what you really want to do is you want to say to Susie, well, you know, would you be comfortable giving me their email address? I've got a templated email that I use. And I'll email them, introduce myself, and I'll copy you in on that email so you can see exactly what I'm writing and and uh, we'll go from there. And, of course, that's so much less work. So Susie's going to say, sure, I've got their email right here on my phone, and so here's their email address. Uh, second part of that process then, before you let Susie go, is because, you know, just because you send an email to someone, you copy the other person in, I'll tell you, it works really well, but you can improve that strategy somewhat. And how you improve that strategy is when you say to Susie, okay, thanks so much, Susie, for providing me their email address. Um, can I also please get their phone number? And so I can follow up with them after I send the email. Now, Susie's given you the email address. Now she's going to give you the phone number, and you're ready to go. And so that is the strategy of how you work with friends and family to lead, generate, and get introduced to those people that you want to meet on that third circle on the bullseye. And so remember, the key is the wording here. Would you be open to helping me out? Some kind of wording around being open. Would you help me out? You know, people want to help. We're wired for help. Being open is another great um, t phrase because it allows Susie to really think about something. So I've used that strategy in the past. You know, would you be open to introducing me to Fred Smith? Now, what if you got a no? You know, what if that person said no? You know, if you said, you know, are you comfortable introducing me to Fred Smith and you get a no, it's over. There's nothing really else you can do. They just said they're not comfortable. But if you say, would you be open to introducing me to Fred Smith? All of a sudden, if they say no, you'd say, so you're not open? You know, it's a great question because then they don't really know how to answer that, right? And it goes into a deeper conversation. So what I'm really saying is the conversation isn't over when they say no, when you ask the, would you be open to question? Because you're really then gonna follow it up with, so you're not open. And so for some of you, this isn't going to be all that comfortable because you've never done it. But I would suggest, you know, start with the people that really love you. So it could be people you're closely related to. Uh, try the strategy with them first and then kind of work your way out to maybe people you know somewhat but not as well. So, you know, those friends that maybe you've stayed in touch with once or twice a year. So get really comfortable with this strategy. It is a powerful strategy. I can tell you, I, I had uh, a client of mine a few years ago that used this strategy. She had three coffees, and she was so excited. You know, she phoned me, in fact, after the after I think it was the second coffee, and she said, "I already got a, a referral. Like I got somebody who's interested, and they want to work with me." And so this strategy absolutely works. It's a great strategy, and you have to do the homework. So make sure you're doing the research in advance. Now. 
the other thing you want to use this strategy for is with current clients because current clients are working with you because obviously you're providing great service. They like you. Um, they're happy with the work that you're doing or the product that you're providing them. And so you really want to make sure you use a very similar strategy with your current clients. You know, current clients are connected to a lot of people, as are you. And so if they're already happy with you, you could ask them for help. Now, here's the thing you don't want to do. And, and I really want you to, if you're listening to this, I want you to really pay attention because this is the key to success. If you say to Susie, Susie, do you know anyone that would be interested in my world, in my coaching services, Susie's head can't go anywhere to really think about someone. Because we don't have a box, so to speak, in our head that says, okay, here's my anyone box. Who's in my anyone box? But if I say to Susie, and I'm much more targeted, would you help me get introduced to John, who's the vice president over at XYZ Company, that makes a big difference. Now, you've got to be very specific. Or if you don't have anybody that specific, if you said to Susie, you know, Susie, do you have any suppliers that you work with that if they ran their business better would make your life easier? I actually said that to not even a client. It was a potential client that I had a meeting with about six years ago. And we were having coffee. She was thinking about using my services. And I asked her that question towards the end of the meeting. She says, yeah, I can think of somebody right away. And, and it was a company she wasn't happy with. They weren't providing good, good service. And she right away gave me their contact information. And I got a hold of that company. And we ended up having a meeting to talk about coaching. So you have to be specific and targeted around asking. If you're asking for anyone, you're going to get no one. I promise you that. You have to ask, you know, do you have any other friends? If you're a realtor, do you have any other friends and family uh, that are thinking about selling their home or that are looking to maybe upgrade to a larger home, you know, and then when you ask for friends and family, you need to be quiet. At this point, you have to be comfortable with silence because now they've gone into their friends and family box in their head and they're going to think about who they know that they could introduce you to that's been thinking about selling their house. Oh yeah, Uncle John said he was gonna, he was thinking about um, maybe downsizing. I should introduce you to him, right? And, and I would just say, well, that's fantastic. Why don't you just give me Uncle John's email address and I'll reach out to him. I'll copy you in on the email and introduce myself, right? So then there's no work except for you to do the follow-up. So that is the strategy for circles of influence. Fantastic strategy and we're going to talk a lot about also thanking people when they refer to you because that's another way to stay top of mind once you get the actual referral from them. So strategy number two or group number two that you want to target are your past clients. So why your past clients? How is this different? Well, first of all, they've done business with you so they know, like, and trust you. They're similar to your current clients but you also get to check in on them to see how they're doing. This is why this is such a powerful strategy because by checking in on your past clients, you are now able to check in on, you know, do they need more of your product or service that you've offered in the past? How are things going? You know, how is that generator we sold you? You know, how's, how's your business doing, right? No, no matter who you're doing, who you're selling to, whether it's a product or a service, it's a customer service follow-up phone call always first. It's not a lead generation call first. It's a, a genuine customer service call. And I can tell you, I, I, in the professional industry, so, you know, professionals like lawyers and dentists and accountants, you know, often you don't hear from them, 
right? I can tell you my dentist uses this strategy all the time. She'll check in with me personally. When's the last time one of your dentists that you're using called you back a few months later to see how you're doing? How's that implant doing? Or how's that bridge doing? Or how is that filling doing, right? Um, are you in any pain right now, right? And so that question opens up the door. Well, yeah, I've had a little bit of problem. Well, why don't we get you in here and I'll check it out for you, right? And then towards the end of that call, you know, my dentist will also say, so do you, you know, Oliver, do you have any um, friends and family members that maybe could use our services or have been complaining about dental pain or headaches, right? Whatever wording she's using to get me to think about, you know, the friends and family I know. You know, another thing is if I say no, um, there is a potential, and this is the same for you, there is that potential that if somebody says no to you, you can always say to them, well, okay, if you don't have any friends and family, are there any coworkers you work with that you can think of that might need our services or need my services? You see, just because they said no to the first group doesn't mean they don't know somebody in the second group, right? So you can follow that up with another question. And, and at that point, you decide how well you know them. Some people will give you a lot of names, um, they might give you three names all in one call. So don't stop just because you get a name. Don't say, oh, that's fantastic. Thanks so much. And hang up and say thank you. You want to say, oh, is there other any other friends and family members you can think of? And you might get three names. I've had clients get as many as three names from one phone call. And so that's the strategy with past clients um, in terms of asking them for help. Now, the other thing you could do is uh, if you're working with, um, you know, making phone calls or dealing with past clients is why not have some customer appreciation events, right? You can invite your current clients, your past clients. I can tell you there's a law firm uh, here in Calgary where I live, and that law firm has uh, an annual party. They call it the red meat party. And so there's lots of red meat, lots of different stuff uh, that you can eat, and everything from smoked meat to sometimes they've got a whole rack of, of lamb that's, that's roasting. And it's a huge event, and it, it goes right after their target referral partners, which we'll talk a little bit later in the show. But, you know, customer appreciation events can be a, a huge opportunity for you to stay in touch with past clients. And then, of course, you're networking with them, you're connect, reconnecting with them, having conversations. You can follow up that event with a phone call if you want, um, and then just, you know, check in with them, see how they're doing. Now, one thing I want to caution you on is if you're going to do the appreciation events or you're going to ask for help from someone, think about their peak season. So in the hardware industry, so, you know, home improvement business, um, anything to do with gardening, like obviously spring and summer, especially spring is kind of like Christmas for them. You know, they're doing 40, probably 40 to 50 percent of their revenues and their sales in those few months. And so you don't want to be bothering them at that point. Same in the accounting world. Never phone an accountant to ask for a referral during tax season. It just doesn't make sense. They're too busy. So that's our first two strategies, circles of influence, past clients. We're going to take a break. And after the break, we're going to get into um, one of my favorite strategies, be the expert. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. At Sonic Breakthrough Coaching, we work with business owners and leaders to get the results they need. You can focus on the horizon, break barriers, and navigate change. Stop flying around in circles and get ready to break through to new levels of success. 
Sonic Coaching has a proven track record of helping entrepreneurs and leaders improve financial performance and success. It's time to turn around negative performance and morale. Instead, let sales soar and take profit performance to new levels. Sonic Breakthrough Coaching can provide the right tools and systems to get you where you want to go. We function as the CEO and executive team's co-pilot. Visit soniccoaching.com. Rise to amazing heights with your team. Join successful business owners and leaders who have let Sonic Breakthrough Coaching pilot them to success. Visit soniccoaching.com today. Sonic Coaching, helping good businesses break through to great. We're on the web at soniccoaching.com. Propelling your business to new heights is easier than you think. Sonic Breakthrough Coaching can help provide the right tools you need to get there. Sonic Breakthrough Coaching works with business owners to improve both team and financial performance. And with a proven track record of successfully helping owners and leaders turn around negative performance and morale and soar sales and profit performance to new levels. The time is now. Sonic Breakthrough Coaching, helping good businesses break through to great. Visit soniccoaching.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Technology is all around us today in practically everything we interact with in our lives. But the hidden or not-so-hidden piece behind technology is more than likely the software created to operate it. Listen for The Art of Software, featuring host Martin Lacey. We'll go behind the scenes of software, how it's written, created, and implemented. You'll get expert insight to the history, evolution, successes, and failures of the software industry. Tune in every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Does your organization lack proper leadership? We're not necessarily talking about experience, but about how to face the changing dynamic of leadership today. Sometimes the people we lead know more. Old ways don't work anymore, and the comfort zone just becomes too easy. Listen for Out of the Comfort Zone with Dr. Wanda Wallace. We'll show you how you can adapt and develop your leadership skills to today's workplace. Every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. You're tuned in to Ask the Coach with Oliver Baisner. To reach the show today, call us at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to Ask the Coach. Welcome back. We're talking about lead generation today. Not just lead generation, but my top six strategies that I use with my clients. And so those of you that have just joined us, the first strategy was circles of influence. How do you get to the people uh, through the friends, family, and, and current clients? The second strategy is past clients. How do you leverage past clients to lead gen, to generate leads? Now, we're going to go into how to how to be an expert, but before we even do that, um, I want to talk a little bit about how do you thank, how do you thank the folks that are, ge- are generating leads for you, that are referring to you? You know, I did, uh, I did some work with an accounting firm a number of years ago, and believe it or not, their top referrer, their absolute number one referrer was a client that owned an automotive shop. You know, not somebody who's meeting a ton of new people all the time and had their business cards on their front desk, talked about his accounting firm all the time. I met him personally. He said, yeah, they saved me thousands of dollars 
as soon as I switched over to them. I love these guys. I talk about them all the time, right? And so I, I looked at that accounting firm. I looked at, at one of the managing partners, and I said, so how are you thanking them? And how often are you thanking them? And, of course, you know, they weren't really too sure. They weren't really focused on that. They were grateful for the referrals. And it was a referral, I believe at that time, it was one to two referrals a month. That's a lot of referrals in the accounting world, right? That's potentially two new clients a month. That's 12 to 24 new clients a year. When you start doing the math on how many thousands of dollars each client is worth, that's a significant contribution that that referrer was giving to that accounting firm. And so we developed a strategy working with them. You know, so the strategy now is, I mean, they, you know, they, you know, the partner drops in regularly and, you know, just says hi, might take in their, you know, favorite coffee, favorite donuts, whatever it is they enjoy, drop some things off. Um, you know, go get the car service, get an oil change once in a while, stick around, find a reason to hang around with them for an hour and talk to them because they love this accounting firm. And so how are you thanking your referral partners? You know, I've had clients that have done simple things like a $10 Starbucks coffee card with a handwritten thank you note. In fact, every time I have a, a guest on the show here at uh, Ask the Coach, a handwritten thank you card goes out. Doesn't matter who the guest is. I thank them not only at the end of the show, but I send them a handwritten thank you card. You know, when's the last time you received a handwritten thank you card? It happens once in a blue moon, but not very often. And so the other thing, I, I have a client who, um, for their referrals, you know, they get large referrals. You know, they they give the client, uh, you know, a hundred to two hundred dollar gift card to a high end restaurant, take their spouse out for dinner. You know, one of the things that I've done in the past when somebody works with me as a one-on-one -on -one client and they refer another one-on-one -on -one client after the client's been with me for a month is I take the referring client out and their, and their spouse out for a really nice dinner. Why would I do that? Well, not only am, am I their coach, but they get to spend three hours with me over dinner and we talk about whatever they want to talk about. We can talk about business for three hours and they're, you know, they're going to get all the free coaching they want at that point and a fabulous dinner. You know, I've used this strategy for a number of years and, and a, a few years back I had one of my clients say to me, you know, we haven't been out to that really nice restaurant you took us out to in a while. And I said, you know, you haven't referred anybody to me in a while. And they said, yeah, I've got to do that. And you know what? Within a few weeks I had a referral. Uh, and you know, it was opportunity to take them out for another dinner. So these are some strategies that you want to think about. How are you thanking people, right? How, what are you doing to reward them for referring business to you? Now let's talk about the next strategy. This is one of my favorite strategies and it's be the expert, right? And so every one of us has some knowledge that we have expertise in. And so, you know, being the expert can be a very powerful, powerful strategy. And, you know, uh, Malcolm Gladwell, the author, said, you know, you need about 10,000 hours to be an expert. I used to joke. I'd say somebody who's an expert's read three books. And, uh, you know, but everybody that's listening to me has some kind of expertise. I promise you that. So where are you? Where do you have expertise? What's the area? Even if it's not work-related, you have expertise. Is that expertise something that you can share? Is it something that you can get paid for? If you can't get paid for, can you use it as a strategy to at least get your brand out there and get, get the name of the company out there? So there's lots of different ways you can be an expert. One of them is speaking opportunities. I look for speaking opportunities all the time. Sometimes I actually will reach out. You know, A number of years ago, uh, we had a trade show that hit Calgary. It was a franchise show. Um, I found out who the organizers were. I reached out to them. Uh, they were, weren't even in this city. They were across the country. I made a phone call. I talked to them. 
got connected, said, you know what, are you looking for speakers? You know, it was well enough out that they hadn't, you know, finalized everything. And I had a, an opportunity to speak to a lot of folks that were looking at buying franchises or own franchises. And so, you know, sometimes those are paid opportunities, sometimes they're not. My rule of thumb personally is, if these folks are my target market and there's no budget to pay me, I'm okay with that. If these folks are not my target market and, and it's really it really isn't an ideal audience for me, then of course I'm going to need to get paid, even if it's, it's a, you know, a lower fee than normal, but I've got to get paid to speak to them. Wow. You know, so speaking opportunities, right? Create something, practice it, practice it in front of the mirror, practice it in, in a group setting with, you know, friends and family if you have to, and then get out there and start getting your brand out there by speaking. Now, speaking is not for everyone. In fact, fear of public speaking is higher than the fear of death for most people. So if that's not your thing, that's okay. There's lots of other ways to be an expert. Some of you are great writers. So editorials and columns, you know, writing blogs, that's another way to have expertise. And then, you know, finding ways to get that blog out into the marketplace. You can take a blog and you can repurpose it as a white paper and offer it as a download on your website. You can offer to put, you know, maybe expand it or put a few extra, you know, details in there and, you know, possibly get it published in a magazine. So there's lots of different ways for folks to be the expert. Um, expert interviews, another great way, right? So something's going on in the marketplace. You're a lawyer. Let's say you're a lawyer and you deal with family law. And all of a sudden, there's uh, there's been a big change maybe in your country, in the courts, around family law, some legislation coming out. You have some expertise. And all of a sudden, you you know reach out to the media and you, you, know, you have some commentary. You get interviewed. So a uh, year ago, a few years ago now, I launched a charity here in Calgary called 100 Men Who Give a Damn Calgary. And uh, the expert interviews was something we used a lot. We got lots of interviews, uh, radio, uh, my partner and I were on TV together, you know, who started the, uh, the, the you know, the uh, charity. So there's ways for you to be the expert and get interviewed. The, the other one is lunch and learns, right? Lots of corporations have opportunities, especially if you're in the healthcare field. People are always looking for uh, wellness in corporations, uh, ways for people to be healthier and live better lives and know how to eat better. Um, I know that, um, you know, I, 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 well, I've known lots. I know acupuncture does it all the time. Right. She does lunch and learns all the time in corporations. And so she's bringing that expertise and she's talking about not only traditional Chinese medicine, but, you know, energy of the body and how food impacts it and all those things that people want to know how to live longer lives and be healthier and feel better. Publishing articles and books. Um, I had an opportunity to contribute a chapter to a book called With Excellence about five years ago. And uh, my chapter was on leadership excellence. And so I did that not because I really needed to get myself published. That wasn't the main priority. Priority was I now am published. And so I keep copies of that book in my office and you know somebody else is uh, I'm competing against, let's say for a client, they're handing them a business card. What am I handing them? A business card and a copy of the book, right? And so I'll say, you know, here's, here's my thoughts on leadership you know, for your team. Here's how I work. This will give you an idea of how I work as a business coach. And you know, they'll read the chapter and often they already feel like they know me a little bit better. So I have a little bit of an edge over everybody else with that chapter that was published in a book. And so uh, radio TV shows, you know, I have an Ask the Coach show, right? The reason, you know, one of the reasons I do it is, uh, first of all, I, I, know, I know there's nowhere else where business owners can get this kind of help. And secondly, it also gives me credibility. I can, 
often get a hold of somebody and offer to bring them in as a guest on the show. And because they're trying to promote maybe a new book or their company, uh, I have had no no's. Nobody said, has said no to me yet to, when I invite them to be on the show um, as a guest. Trade show talks. We talked about the franchise show that I did, but you can expand that. There's usually lots of breakout sessions in workshop in, in trade shows, like workshop type sessions. And so often they'll need not just the main speaker on a stage, but they might need speakers in breakout sessions. Again, if that's your target market, why wouldn't you be there? Um, years ago, I did I, I ran a program called the Supersonic Saturday. It was an all-day event for business uh, owners and business people. And it was, uh, you know, hard hitting. We had lots of different speakers and presenters. And for me, that was really another opportunity to be the expert and to get my brand out there in front of people. So, you know, we gave great pricing as long as somebody brought a guest. Right. So not only did we want the business owner who signed up, we wanted them to bring a friend who was also a business owner. And if they did that, we gave them some great pricing. And so, you know, 50 percent of the audience I had never met before. So it was a great way for me to get introduced and get to know some new people that, that I wouldn't have known prior to my Supersonic Saturday. Or MC some events. By being the MC, you're front and center. Again, people get to know who you are, what you do, and uh, from there you're, you're sharing some of, your, some of your knowledge, more on the MC side, but people will know you from what you do because of the introduction that, that you get. And so MCing an event can be another great strategy to be the expert. So lots and lots of different ways uh, to be the expert out in the marketplace. And so you want to think about which one resonates with you the most, which is that strategy that, that really seems to work for you. For me, speaking is a fun one. I love speaking. I love getting in front, up in front of audiences. Doesn't mean, it doesn't matter if it's 20 people or 1,000 people. And uh, those speaking opportunities are something that I enjoy. And, of course, the more I enjoy it, the more passion I have and the more I'm actually engaging my audience and they're also engaged and enjoying what I'm sharing with them and so if it's for you if it's more I don't want to ever be in front of a crowd but I can write well then do the editorial or the column or get published so lots of great strategies around being the expert uh, you've got expertise figure out how you want to talk about something and often I've suggested to my clients is there a contrarian view you could take than what the masses are thinking because contrarian views often get more publicity and get published more often you know and I'm not saying be contrarian just for the sake of being contrarian but you know if somebody's saying you know the, the, the best way for you to to market these days is to be on social media well I've often taken the view that that's not necessarily true social media can be effective but it's not the best strategy in fact it might be the worst strategy for your business so you know when i come out and i say you know social media you know is a terrible strategy people want to hear about that right and i tell them why right and i've got the research to back it up and the stories so number four fourth strategy is strategic alliances now remember this also call in show if you've got questions or you've got a strategy that you want to tweak or it's not working well uh, give me a call 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 and in the meantime strategic alliances is the fourth strategy or partnerships so why would you do them how would you do them you know what's important about them to know uh, let's talk about that right now I share office space with an accounting firm. I have a, a an executive uh, coaching practice and business coaching. I work with entrepreneurs and executives and their teams, and yet I share office space with an accounting firm. Why would I do that? Well, because I don't do accounting, I don't do bookkeeping, but I look at companies' financial statements and I look at their books. 
And if I see that there's things not going well or possibly they're not done at all, then I can introduce them to the accounting firm that I'm in the same office space with. And likewise, you know, they don't get into the coaching of their clients. And often clients will ask an accountant, you know, well, how do I do this? And what about this strategy? And they say that, you know, we can help you from the financial side. We can help you with the planning and the tax side. But really, you should meet Oliver here in our office. And so that's an easy strategic alliance. We're in the same space. And then uh, one of the other things you can do is uh, you can create alliances with people that play in the same sandbox as you. So uh, they're not a competitor, but they're going after the same target market. Years ago, I created an alliance with a, a company here in town that does office leases for dentists. So when a dentist is looking to move offices or start a new practice, they, they're the people that they call. In fact, they do, I'd say, probably over 50% of the office leases done in the city of Calgary for dentists is done through this organization. I had an alliance with them. Where, you know, they said, well, often these these dentists want to know about business and strategy and all those things. Like we should, you know, we should talk about that. And we created an alliance. And in that case, it was more of a one-way alliance because I had really no way to refer back to them. I do work with the odd dentists, but not many of them, whereas they were going to refer a lot of business. And so we just did a revenue split. So every referral I got that I closed, I gave them a percentage of the revenue uh, from that client. So you always have to think about what's in it for the other person or the other company to actually have the alliance with you. You know, I, I've, uh, you know, got the distinction of having worked with more real estate agents in the city of Calgary than any other business coach in the city. The reason that is, is because that was one of my, my audiences in the past. One of my alliances with, with, was with the Calgary Real Estate Board. And we'll talk about that a little bit later when we get into, um, you know, the, the next strategy. And so, you know, here's some alliances that you might be familiar with over the last uh, dec few decades. Disney and Hewlett Packard have had alliances since 1938. Apple's had alliances with companies like Sony, Philips, Motorola, AT&T. Starbucks and Safeway grocery stores here in Canada have an alliance. You know, you go into a grocery Safeway store, often there's a Starbucks in there. Esso, our, our gas stations here in Canada, have an alliance with our convenience stores called Max. So sometimes it'll be a max convenience store with an SO uh, gas pumps out front. You know, McDonald's and Walmart have an alliance. You know, you go into a Walmart in, in this country anyway, er, almost every single Walmart has a McDonald's in it. So lots of big corporations use this strategy. In fact, very successful, fast-growing companies will often use this strategy and use it with four or five different partners. And that's how you get faster growth. You have four or five partners and not competing partners, but different industries that you can form an alliance or a partnership with. So we're going to take a break. Remember, if you have a question, give us a call, 1-866-472-5790. I'm Oliver Baser with Ask the Coach. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Propelling your business to new heights is easier than you think. Sonic Breakthrough Coaching can help provide the right tools you need to get there. Sonic Breakthrough Coaching works with business owners to improve both team and financial performance and with a proven track record of successfully helping owners and leaders turn around negative performance and morale and soar sales and profit performance to new levels. The time is now. Sonic Breakthrough Coaching, helping good businesses break through to great. Visit soniccoaching.com. 
At Sonic Breakthrough Coaching, we work with business owners and leaders to get the results they need. You can focus on the horizon, break barriers, and navigate change. Stop flying around in circles and get ready to break through to new levels of success. Sonic Coaching has a proven track record of helping entrepreneurs and leaders improve financial performance and success. It's time to turn around negative performance and morale. Instead, let sales soar and take profit performance to new levels. Sonic Breakthrough Coaching can provide the right tools and systems to get you where you want to go. We function as the CEO and executive team's co-pilot. Visit soniccoaching.com. Rise to amazing heights with your team. Join successful business owners and leaders who have let Sonic Breakthrough Coaching pilot them to success. Visit soniccoaching.com today. Sonic Coaching, helping good businesses break through to great. We're on the web at soniccoaching.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're tuned in to Ask the Coach with Oliver Basner. To reach the show today, call us at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to Ask the Coach. Welcome back, everyone. We're talking about lead generation today. It's the lifeblood of your business. And so not only lead gen, we're talking about the top six strategies that I have used for now almost a decade with my clients. I use it in my own business. And so just to, for those of you just joining us, the four we've already talked about are your circles of influence, past clients, be the expert, and strategic alliances or partnerships. So those were the four we've talked about. We've got two left to go. Really excited to share the next couple because I've seen this next number five is is a strategy that I've seen work very, very well, especially with businesses that have been struggling for a number of years. And so that strategy, I call it micro-marketing. Some of you out there might know it as niche marketing. And again, around micro-marketing and niche marketing, you go, oh, I already know this one. Well, do you really and are you using it effectively? You know, the strategy is simple. Would you rather be a big fish, a massive fish in a small pond or a small fish in a gigantic pond. So how I want to frame that for you is, you know, unless you're McDonald's where you've got billions of dollars to advertise globally, you can't possibly advertise to the entire world or even to the entire city that you're in. It's virtually impossible. There's so much stuff that people are being bombarded with every day in terms of advertising and positioning and marketing that how are you going to catch their attention when you're trying to target an entire city so or many, many industries at once. So micro-marketing is a little bit counterintuitive. It's the opposite of what we would think. Well, I'm new. I'm small. I need all business. I can't just micro-market to one industry. Absolutely true. I'm not saying you don't work with everybody that shows up, especially when you're new, if they make if it makes sense and you can help them. Of course work with them, even if they're not in your micro market. But what I am saying is from a targeting point of view, you have to specialize down to a specific niche. And so I'll give you a perfect example of that. I mentioned it just before we went to break. I had a relationship with the Calgary Real Estate Board for a number of years here in Calgary. And so I was the coach that was on their stage. I was the coach that got invited to their trade shows. I was the coach even who got invited to their events, never got asked a dime to show up for those events. They just wanted me there, adding value. 
right? And so I would do the talks. I would show up at the trade show. I, you know, my, me and my team would be there and we would talk to the real estate agents. And after a number of years, they got to know me, you know, and then it was uh, a couple of years into the strategy. I got a phone call from a young realtor who said, my dad suggested that I talk to you. And I said, well, who's your dad? And he said, he gave me the name. I didn't know his dad. He says, oh, you don't know my dad, but my dad's an executive coach here in Calgary. And he asked around and your name kept coming up. You see, that's the benefit of being a big fish in a small pond. Every time they turn around, whoever they are, in this case, it was real estate agents, my name came up. So I must be the guy because I'm a big fish in a small pond. You know, I'm working with a, a company right now. They wanted to target, um, you know, we just they just made this decision a few weeks ago. They want to target the construction, home improvement industry. And so I said to them, well, figure out where they hang out. So what are the trade journals for that industry? What are they reading? What kind of trade shows are there? What kind of events or associations are they a part of? You know, you're looking to work with a lot of them work for home builders. So what home builder associations can you be part of? And I connected her, uh, this particular individual to a home builder I know. And, you know, the home builder said, no, no, don't do this and don't do that. This is where everybody goes. Perfect information. Right. So find out, do the research. Where are you going to micro market? As I said, this seems scary when I first suggested to business owners. And the reason it seems scary is because you need all the business. And of course, you're going to take all the business, but you're going to micro market to a specific audience. And so let me give you a couple of quick examples. You know, everybody's heard of Toyota's Lexus brand. Well, when Lexus first came out, what they were really doing was targeting a customer that was, uh, you, you know, wanted the Mercedes quality of a luxury vehicle at a lower price. So they saw that, you know, there's, there, there was a, an audience for their Toyotas and there was an audience for the high-end vehicles, but there was nobody playing in that middle space, right? So if you were gonna, weren't gonna spend $100,000 on a vehicle and you wanna spend a little more than 30,000, where were you gonna go? And so that's how the Lexus brand started. It was for those, those owners that, you know, wanted to show they could, you know, wanted to show the world, so to speak, that they could afford a, a high-quality vehicle, but were smart enough to get value, to not pay a hundred thousand, but maybe only pay sixty or seventy thousand. Now, of course, those prices have changed over the years, um, but that's that's the positioning where Lexus was when they came out. You know, Toyota again really started the whole hybrid market. You know, with the Prius, so they'd identified there was a group of car buyers who were interested in, in environmentally friendly cars, and so they took. You know, while other manufacturers saw this as taking a huge risk, they did take a risk. But they had also done their homework and did the research and established a niche brand, a micro market of hybrids. To this day, they still own that market. Yeah, lots of hybrids from lots of other manufacturers out there. But the Prius is still, you know, the number one hybrid vehicle in the marketplace. So, you know, the advantages to micro marketing, it's easier. It's just much easier to market to a bunch of fish in the same little pond, so to speak, right? And so it's much easier to target market because you can be very targeted, you can have very specific messaging, and it's much more, and this is our second benefit, much more cost effective, right? You can't possibly market to the entire city that you're in, especially if it's a large city with millions of people, but you can sure dominate one micro niche market for much less cost. So where do they hang out? 
where do they where can you advertise? What are the trade journals they read? What are the trade shows they participate in? What networking events are they in? What associations are they members of? Start asking yourself that question. Then the other thing you want to ask yourself is who else is playing in that space? So is there a large competitor that's already already micro-marketing in that space? Because if there is, then you're going to have a challenge, right? Potentially. So unless you've got a product that's significantly different or a service that is so different than what the, the large competitor already has, because some large competitors have already, you know, they dominate some of these niches, then in that case, you may want to consider whether you want to target a different micro market that's easier for you to target. I can tell you that I work with a company here that uh, works on construction sites all the time. They're a hoist company. And uh, they've got such a different product offering, and you'd think there wouldn't be that much difference in hoists. You know, the, the big 50-story buildings go up. You know, it's their hoist going up and down um, on these buildings. And they're so different that they're able to command a higher price point, and their competitors, it's something their competitors are not willing to do. And so they just dominate the entire marketplace. Um, as a new entry into this niche market. So think about that. You know, who's already playing in that market? How can you be different than them? And if you can't be significantly different, find a different micro market. And you can also have less product offerings if you're micro marketing, because now you're going to offer what the particular client or potential client is looking for in that micro market. So you don't have to be all things to all people anymore. So it's more cost effective from that point of view as well. So, questions you want to ask yourself when you're micromarketing. Who will benefit most from my product and service? Who am I passionate about? Who would I work with for free, right? If I didn't have to make money at this, who do I love working with? Probably a great micromarket because you've got passion there, as long as they can afford to pay. And, and you know, there's a, there's a business there. You want to check that out. Who excites me the most? Who would I work with for free? And what group gives me the most positive feedback? Where do I get my... You know, where do I get the positive feelings? I can tell you that I worked with someone in another city uh, a number of years ago, and one of the things they wanted to do is they were micro-marketing in a, in, a, in a market where you would think it's not really the highest margin, and so they weren't really uh, in a high-margin industry, but it was passion. They said, look, I know I'm going to make a little less money here than some other micro-markets, but I just love working with these people. And so why not? Right. If it's the passion outweighs the, you know, the high profits, you know, not, not that they weren't profitable, but they weren't, you know, needing to be the highest in the highest profit micro market in their case. So keys to success around micro marketing. You got to target carefully. Incorrect targeting. Make things very difficult or impossible. You know, so you want to make sure that your service is needed there and that you're targeting correctly. Do the homework in advance. It'll save you a lot of heartache later. Now, number six, the sixth strategy that I use for generating leads, and it's very similar. We interviewed Dr. Ivan Meisner from Business Network International on our last show, um, and it's all he talked about all about the referral marketing. So referral marketing is so critical. In fact, there was a study done by the Helmer Consulting Group a number of years ago, and 84% of the respondents said their best source of business was from someone they already knew. Right, so 42% came from referrals from their network. An additional 21% of business came from existing clients. 
Okay, so not referral marketing there, but existing clients. Referrals from existing clients was 21. So if we add up referrals from their network, referrals from existing clients, that's 63%. When we add in additional business from existing clients, that adds up to 84%. So 84% came from people they already knew. Keep that in mind, right? So, you know, versus the study also showed inquiries from speeches or articles was only 4%, leads from cold calling was only 3%, inquiries from the internet and social media at that point was only 3%. So even though people are spending hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars in, in large corporations on social media, you know, Pete, you're still going to get a lot of your business from the people that already know, like, and trust you. So referrals are just a great strategy. I can tell you that I, I, I know an accountant here in, in Calgary. I used to refer to this accounting firm regularly. Um, and he would give you a Cutco knife every time he got a new referral. And so um, Cutco is a very expensive brand of knives, very good quality. I can tell you, I have all, pretty much every one of their knives because every time I referred to them, I got another knife. You know, I, I had worked with a hair salon who created a, a free cut with color referral card. They'd hand them out to their clients and say, you know, if you've got somebody who really, you know, should, should you know, need, need us or, or, or should know us, uh, hand out a card. And so that's what they did. I know an, uh, a doctor of traditional Chinese medicine here in Calgary who used to after three referrals. So if you referred three clients to this doctor, uh, they'd give you a free treatment. You know, we had our own Sonic Boom groups a number of years ago. So it was a group program. It was $249 for a month. It was very, very um, high value for low cost. And if people said that they couldn't afford it, I'd say, well, if you refer five members that are in good standing, it'll be free because we would give them $50 off for every time they gave us a referral, right? And so, you know, potentially if uh, five clients would end up being a free membership for them. So lots of different ways you can use referral programs. It's a great strategy. You know, it's one that often people um, take for granted because they have passive referrals. In other words, I know, like, and trust you. I've used your services. I love you, so I'm going to refer to you. But they don't have an active strategy. What's your active referral strategy? Think about that because active referrals can more than double or triple what you're getting in passive referrals, right, just by simply asking and having a strategy behind it. And so um, super excited about um, our upcoming show next week. Um, we've got um, – We've got a guest on the show again. It's Catherine Plaza. Catherine is uh, is part of Sonic Coaching. She's a fantastic facilitator. She's partner in the business, and we're going to talk about fearlessness. You know, when I first got introduced to Catherine, uh, you know, she is a millennial. We had uh, we had a talk on on the millennials uh, several shows ago, episodes ago. So go back and listen to that if you want more information about millennials. But when we got introduced, you know, Catherine and I hit it off, and I realized that you know even at her young age, she seemed fearless and so she was seemingly fearless in anything she had accomplished in her career and in her life and so really excited to have her on the show we're going to talk about fearlessness next week so watch for that episode coming up next tuesday eight percent eight o'clock pacific nine o'clock mountain time where i'm located and we do have a call-in show so remember you can call us at any one of these shows so that's it for today i'm going to recap our top six strategies our top six strategies for those of you that uh that we're listening is number one circles of influence great strategy love that strategy number two past clients number three be the expert number four strategic alliance and partnerships number five micro marketing otherwise known as niche marketing and number six referral programs but make sure it's an active referral program not passive thanks for listening everyone and we'll talk to you next week
Thank you for listening. Ask the Coach with Oliver Basner can be heard live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we talk again, have a sky-high week.